Welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online, so to speak, 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Go to that, the aforementioned location. There are two uh, very, very obvious blue links that you can hit. The first gives you our podcast feed. This show is on top of it, assuming, of course... You're listening within the period of time before it is superseded by the next show. That happens uh, as a rule twice a week. Uh, the, uh, the next link, the second link, is our radio loop link. That's the link uh, that takes you to a separate recording of this very same show running in a loop that gives you the feeling of turning on the radio and kind of, you know, pick it up the show wherever you happen to pick it up. Not unlike what you would have done in your 67 Chevy. Uh, well, you didn't have a cheater. They'd stop using cheaters on wheels. Look it up. Uh, by that time, I'm pretty sure. But you might have listened to it or you might have flicked it on uh, with the radio uh, that you have over the uh, the kitchen, over the... Uh, over the refrigerator in the kitchen. You know, the one that will normally turn on rambling with gambling, possibly in the morning, uh, or maybe Bob and Ray, depending on what time and what station it happened to be on. But it can pick up now, center-left radio. However it is, welcome. We're glad to have you listening. And uh, a few things to talk about today. Um, th this, this was... Actually, I, I suppose this is a uh, this is kind of a, a hangover from last night, a carryover, as it were. Um, I, I haven't. I, I will admit to something. I I used to be an absolutely religiously avid uh, Rachel Maddow uh, watcher, listener, observer, learner from her. Uh, I, I worship her as a. As a broadcaster, I've watched and, and a, well, I've listened to her when she was on Air America Radio back, I suppose, would this have been, this would have been in the early 2000s or even the late 90s. Uh, I, 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 we, I remember my wife and I uh, listening to her at that point and realizing that there was just something ridiculously special about her that she knew she was smart, she, was, she had everything in line, she told stories, she, she got you engrossed, um, and, and it became after a while so obvious that her way of thinking and her way of doing things and her, 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 her need to explain, to, to basically bring you into a story was both far more significant and far more palatable and far more meaningful, ultimately, than the insanity that was being spewed by people like Randy Rhodes. I, don't, I, 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 I had a conversation. I was talking to my wife the other night. We, we were talking. Whatever happened to Randy Rhodes? We, we once went to see her. Uh, I, I think at the New York Historical Society was having a, uh, an event, 
and she was on a panel, or she was kind of like the featured panelist. It was around the time when, well, it wasn't too long after that when she, uh, she was kicked off the air because she was just a little too crazy. She was, she was becoming what the Republican Party in general became. It, it, was, it was yelling, it was screaming, it was angry, and you could see that ultimately the Rachel way of thinking and doing things, for everything has changed in the last 20 years in, in politics, and a great deal has. The rational approach to explaining and trying to bring people along, the non-insane stuff, the non-cult language-ish way of, of explaining American politics and bringing people into an area of comprehension with you, this has predominated within the Democratic Party to our, I, I would say at this point, to our great advantage. And I can just hear the reaction of, of some people out there, some, some people on the left, some people uh, from center uh, right all the way over to ultra, ultra left, 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 left uh, progressive. Um, no, no, uh, our, 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 our one, it's actually one of the great failings of the Democratic Party that we have not uh, become more aggressive and angry and difficult and mean and, 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 and taken on the, the Trumpians not only on their own territory but by their own tactics. That's been a downfall. It's been problematic force. That's why things are, why things are, well, that's the question. Why things are what? Why, um, why 15 months out from the election, uh, Biden only has the slightest advantage? And if you look in certain polls and, and, and phrase things certain ways and get pe draw people out, you begin realizing that where we think there should be traditional areas of absolute lockstep support, it's not quite there. And, and do you realize what will Notice the hyperventilation coming up. Do you, do you realize? Realize what'll happen if Donald and my God and the world. Okay, that that's that's the rationale. That basically, if we don't get as crazy as they are, we we basically are, are giving it away to them. That the the implication, the very clear implication, craziness will win the day. He or she who is crazier will have an advantage and ultimately shall supersede all. Okay, now, don't forget now, I started this on Rachel Maddow. I'm, I'm going on, hello, I'm, 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 I'm giving you a, a tangent, a, a tangent seizing heads up over here. I'm going on a tangent. I will get back to Rachel on this because it's important to the story here. And, well, Rachel's all about stories. Not that I could ever uh, imagine doing anything like what she does. Uh, she's a natural for it, although, although I understand that every word of everything that she says on the air is also scripted out. It's on a teleprompter, or at least the outline of it is, and she has one of the greatest staffs on 
earth, barring all that, watching the woman work in a free-form environment where she's simply discussing and talking, especially when you put her in one of those uh, group moderator situations. She's brilliant. That's all there is to it, and I, I have undying respect for her. But we'll get, we'll get back to Rachel in a moment. We are basically, we, one, of the, one of the great laments of the Democratic Party has been, and continually, it seems to be worse and worse. Why can't we be as mean and nasty? It's winning the day for the Republicans. My God, that's where we're falling down. And, 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 the, and the proof of this is invariably, um, you know, some, I don't know, some poll, some, some situation, some whatever. And, 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 and whatever it is that's being pointed to becomes the, the proof that we're just not mean and nasty and junkyard doggish enough uh, to take on the Republicans and take on Donald. And Donald is just so naturally mean and ornery and nasty, we, we really don't, well, maybe we don't stand a chance. No, 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 that's not true. That's not true. Here's, here's the underlying, here's, here's the lay of the land, and it's, and it's really the land, and I mean that almost literally here, that explains, I think, this perception that Democrats are, the misperception that Democrats are laboring under. Democrats won the last major election. Democrats won the election before that, the one before that, before that. They won, well, it was 2016 when Donald lost the popular vote by nearly three million, but managed somehow by some mistakes that were made uh, in the Midwest uh, forces that were running Hillary's campaign, uh, he managed somehow to get the electoral votes uh, in a system that, of course, the electoral, I, I don't want to get into the electoral vote system. It's, it's antiquated, it's ridiculous, it's fearful. It's based on the assumption that the people could always do something really stupid. And when they finally do, <laughs> the system doesn't work anyway. Look, Trump became president. You think the electoral system, which was designed to keep riffraff out of there and keep the votes of the riffraff neutralized, that's when the electoral system was designed to come into, into play, where the electors would go, wait a minute. Wait a minute, look, look, look at the idiot that these people, oh, you see, you can't trust the people. That's why we have this intermediary step, electors, and we'll, we'll, um, we'll vote. The electors will vote. And uh, if you looked at Donald and you realize what a total freak he was, you go, well, you know, that can't be right. No, that's not good for the country. Um, there was a mistake here. And the electors would have somehow found a way around it. That's, that roughly is what the electoral system was supposed to work, how it was supposed to work. It didn't work. It never worked. It's not, it's not designed for anything but to basically give 
I don't know, ancient ego boosts to small states or, or whatever. It, it, it's, 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 it's a nutty, whacked-out system that never seems to do what it should do, and it gives, it does favors to the very people that it was supposed to basically kick in the, kick in the butt. But, okay, that said, that said, Donald loses a lot, and we would have thought, and, and Donald gets indicted a lot, and, and, and logic would suggest, or, or, or experience would suggest, American political history would suggest that this is something that voters might not find favorable in a candidate, and yet, you keep seeing these polls, and, and Donald keeps uh, preaching them on social media, whatever he calls his thing, tr truth social, another horrible lie, another, another, you know, another uh, tip of the hat to his, to his, uh, to his psychosis, uh, to his neurosis, to his narcissism, to, to his, his mental illness, essentially, uh, his failure to get help for his mental illness, and... And, 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 and we, as people on the left, keep worrying that we're not as crazy as he is because it seems to be working. I'll get back to Rachel, I promise. Until, until you begin to see things that would begin to fall into line with more rational views of the world, things that you would expect to be out there if the world were even vaguely rational, if the American political system were even vaguely uh, in a state of continuity with where it's been for, a, a, well, I, I can't say a couple of hundred years, there really was no political system as we, as we first came out of the, uh, you know, continental, the, 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 as, we, as our constitution first went into effect, where there weren't even political parties, technically. But as long as there has been a political give and take, a two-party system within America, things are done and things happen a certain way and expectations are such. And Amer the American political way of doing things has evolved. It is utterly at odds with the way Republicans appear to be acting today. This is part of the problem. There's n there seems to be no precedent for what we're seeing. But, but the odd thing is that, you see, there is, but not the precedent that you're looking for. Well, maybe it's not a precedent. Maybe, maybe the basis for Republicans having any kind of a positive statement or feeling about Donald rests in the fact, and we've said this many times on this show, that there is statistically, and this has been throughout American political history, as long as there have been political parties in, in America, as long as people have been counting these things, there is always an undercurrent, an underbelly in this country of people who, given the ability to do so, and that ability normally would be expressed in a ballot box, if people had the option, and often are given, 
the option to vote for someone who wants to take it all down, they would take it all down simply because there is always this rumbling, grumbling dissatisfaction that does not understand or does not perceive any other reasonable pathway to resolving their grievances and their angers, cannot see ultimately any way that they can exist or coexist with other people in this country. And, and live under the constant rumbling, grumbling assumption that it's really all bad, depending on how, how, how well they're prodded or, 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 or you know, how badly their minds are functioning at a given time, assuming that everything is out to get them. But at a minimum, it sucks. It's horrible. It's terrible. The country is coming apart. And if there were something I could do about it, I would. Normally, this group of people consisting of about 25% of the population. They are an underbelly. They live under rocks. They are not a full-throated component of our, of our system. They are not in control of much of anything. But they're there. And, and they are part of the democratic system that has evolved in this country. I, I, I can't speak for other countries. I, I was thinking, as I was coming on air, I was thinking about this and saying, how would it be in Scandinavian nations? And I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking of any other, actually any other Western nation with a, what we would, describe as a functional democracy. The Scandinavians, especially the Norwegians and, and, and the Swedes and uh, the Danes to a large extent, but seem to have exceptionally functional democracies that are based on high tax rates, high social uh, payback from the state, a very high participation in the state on the part of the individual, and Again, I guess I maybe, maybe I just don't know enough about it, but not that much I burn it down in a heartbeat given the opportunity. That seems to be, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this out of, I'm pure, I'm pure observation and probably not enough of it, but my sense and of talking to people from Scand, let's, let's, let's stick with, with Norway and Sweden at least. They're, they're roughly similar systems here. There doesn't seem to be this constant sense of there's always a group who wants to burn it all down. There, there, there isn't this, the, the passion that, 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 that ignites this, the anti-group in America doesn't seem to be, let's say, I'm, I'm just comparing Norway and Sweden, but it's there in America. And how it, and how it came to be I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I, I imagine a lot of it is still a reaction. The, the American Civil War, I would imagine, would, would have been a huge factor in establishing this anti-group, you know, the people who got the wrong end of it, the people who began, uh, who, who got the wrong end of Reconstruction, the people, who, well, the people who basically, no, I'm sorry, the people 
who were subject initially to Reconstruction until it all got torn apart and Jim Crow and everything else went to hell. But they're still angry. They're angry about what there was, the mythology of who they were, what they were. And, and, so, and you don't just have to be you know, someone waving a Confederate flag or, or who still has a flag sitting somewhere in their dining room or in their, in their, in their man cave or something. No, it, it, it's a feeling. It's, it's a dissatisfaction that is somewhere between tolerated and nurtured by the nature of how our political system interacts with itself. Now, it's that group which is normally under rock. It's, it's an underbelly, it's under a rock. Donald, and we've said this countless times here, in his, in his native political brilliance, saw, smelled, understood, was underrepresented, and realized that it could be exploited. Donald decided that he'd gotten about as much as he was going to get out of being a liberal Democrat, and realized that he could completely switch, and no one would notice the switch, but he, would, but he could find a way to bring his message, a, 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 the, the disgruntled, grievance-ridden billionaire, the, the little boy who never had to grow up or face responsibility, he would be able, I will tap into this grievance group, and they're under rocks, and they're, un, and they're basically grumbling and moaning, and they want to, and they want to, I am going to bring them into the light. And I'm going to give them a sense of importance. I will be, well, had he, did he ever? My goodness, and it, and, it, and it goes to this day. People who would have never in a million years imagined being normalized, uh, uh, realized, and, res and even, I don't know, uh, not me, but, but respected uh, as, a, as a major American political force, Given, given deference, uh, their grievances, their anger, their irrationality, their willingness to tear it all down is suddenly front and center in the American political discussion. This is all we can talk about. These people who basically, their irrationality, their, their insanity, their absolute stupidity about how they want to pursue the political nature of the country going and, and wanting to support a guy who is the antithesis of everything that any, anyone with, with, a, with half a political brain or would ever even imagine uh, political or otherwise, would, would you want this guy to babysit for your kids? Would you want this guy to be, uh, would you want him as a co-worker? I mean, for, for God's sake, it defies every single rule, and yet it seems to be happening regularly. It all depends on Donald, and he's been able to get away with this. He loses the yes, right now the House of Representatives by four seats is in Republican hands, but it's in chaos. Their leadership is in chaos. They can't do anything. They just keep trying to tear things down. They keep trying, having no ability, being run by the very people, having at their core the very people who were part of that underbelly 
who never really had any sense or any desire to function in a political environment. They are living out what happens when you hand the keys to the asylum over to the patients. That's what we're seeing. It, it, literally, quite literally, the head cases are being handed, at least in the house right now, the, 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 the control and, and we're watching what happens when you do that. And of course, if you're a, if you're a Democrat, it's disheartening, it's disquieting. It's like, oh my God, what? And it's all coming apart. This is the, step back. It is what happens when an extant group that is, has been, and probably will continue to be these remnants of the disgruntled from the Civil War and all of the different tendrils that have gone out since, the, the racists, the, the white supremacists, the, 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 uh, the, the head cases that are out there, all, all of everybody and everything that can't deal with reality this is what they have become, but they have been elevated into a position of not only constant visibility, but in the case of the House of Representatives in the United States, a position of power. Should we therefore live in a constant state of fear? Well, by their very nature, these people cannot sustain any kind of an organized power structure. They are anarchistic at their souls. They will invariably infight at some point. But what they need, but the, the, the one thing that seems to hold them together is the insanity and, and, and the Svengali-ishness of a cult leader, that being Donald. Now, now, that cult leader is being attacked on all, well, you know, it's, it's a witch hunt. Well, if it's a witch hunt, Donald's a witch. I mean, you know, 91 counts, four indictments. Oh, it's all being done. It's, it's all a, comp it, this is weaponization. Of, yeah, please. Yes, yeah, save, save that, save that for your base, save that for the other crazies like yourself who want to believe all this stuff and find it entertaining. It's, it's embarrassing that we have this going on within, that there is actually a weaponization of government commit. Oh, it, it, it just grates at me. The ins it's, it's like, it's like reading a comic book. It's like, it's, like a, it's like a Marvel comics come to life, you know, but it's bizarro Superman, if you remember that stuff. It's the bizarro world come to life, and there it is, Jim Jordan, you know, coatless Jim Jordan, running around yelling and screaming all this insanity. But you, you have to understand that when the underbelly is given when, when, it's put in, when it's put in charge, it has no choice but to perform this way. It's not designed to function in any rational way. Donald is the only thing holding it all together, and that is based on his demands that everybody do something. Everybody, you know, you know, tap your head, rub your stomach, jump, do on one foot. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Don't stop. Don't stop. Well, 
people are beginning to run out of steam. People are starting to kind of, oh, I don't know. I don't know how much longer I could hop on this one foot and, and, and rub my head. I, 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 I don't know how much longer I can just worship and adore you, Donald. I don't, I don't know how much more money I can throw at you. I don't know how, how many more times I can believe that you won the 2020 election. I don't know how many more times I can wave I don't know, if, am I waving your flag? I don't, know, I don't know how I do it. Maybe there's something I have on my front lawn that basically says that all these indictments are a witch hunt and that you're the most innocent person in the world that we have. I don't know how many times, but as long as the media, and as long, as long as we can put that out there as something that should make the libs frightened, you see, because, well, here we come with part two, and we'll still get back to Rachel, I promise you. Here's part two, gravity, gravity. Not, not like seriousness, that's, that's a good meaning of the word gravity, but the Democrats who have come, come and been in control since that 2016 election, every election since, including the one in 2020, even though we lost the House, we should have lost it by, by 50 or 60 votes. We just barely lost it because New York State screwed up Radically, I mean, this is the whole uh, George Santos. Don't get me going on this. But all of that basically is, is, is coming. The, the Democrats are afraid of losing. They're afraid to lose what they've won. And the Republicans basically are even more, they realize the only thing they've got is to keep the Democrats afraid of losing what they already have. The Republicans don't have a winning formula ever, ever, ever for anything based on the way they're structured. Donald's releasing of the crazies into the halls of Congress, giving them power, guarantees its own demise. You can't keep that going indefinitely. You can't have that and a functional America. Now, can you, can you get these people to destroy America? Well, that, that, that's, that's the underpinning of being one of the crazies. Burn it all down. But the thing is, to organize sufficiently to burn it all down is beyond the capacity. It's not like 25% of America can now come together and organize and take down the... Think about that. It's... No. It is perception, just like Donald did. Donald exists in perception. If he can get... Democrats to perceive that they are being nibbled away at, chunked away at, the stuff that you imagined kept you safe and strong, and all, all that is rational and all that is dependable and dependable upon, if all of that is constantly in a state of just crumbling disarray, and that somehow this insane group that's running the asylum, is actually organizing into a cohesive body 
that will take everything else down, give it all to Donald, and basically we go on from there, and Donald has his revenge tour, his, his retribution tour, and he takes over, and he'll give us back whatever he deems to be his version of America, and the 25% will cheer, and the rest of us will be crying and screaming and looking for visas to go live in, in Scandinavia or something for the rest of... As long as we can be made to believe that, we will incorporate that into our guts emotionally. That's, that's what we do. Now, to keep that same dynamic going, Republicans have to continue their fantasy with Donald. But remember, the, 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 the loonies we're talking about, the crazies we're talking about, they are a subset it, it, they happen to exist within the Republican Party. Donald tapped, you know, he, he tapped on the rocks and the, you know, the, 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 the slugs that said, who's there, happened to be, he said, well, I, I'm, I'm looking for disgruntled far-right slugs and you will, I, and boy, do I have a treat for you. Okay. And they basically came out from under the rocks and Donald has kept them going. But, you see, as he has been brought down, as the weight of all these indictments are weighing on him, as his persona is being chipped away at, chipped away at, and chipped away at, as Democrats keep imagining that he's, he's absolutely, uh, he, he's, he's just invulnerable and that the base is this, is this massive solidified group that is supporting him and is there forever and ever. As long as we imagine that that is the structure of government, well, that imagination, that, that pretend thing that we're doing or that we're sort of being... Uh, pushed into doing or that or that the media seems to enjoy letting us do because it makes for a lot more interest in shows as long as we imagine this world where an omnipotent Donald who can't really be taken down no matter how many indictments the matter no matter how many trials there's always they'll always find a way to get him out of it and that the people will be able to rally around him and that even though it's a small percentage of the overall population in the end they will take over and they will run and Donald will run as long as we want to imagine all of this bullshit we will create a, 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 a subset, a, a alternate reality in which it might actually possibly exist. It might actually happen. But as soon as we get back into the real world and really look hard at numbers and things like that, we realize that the possibility of all of that happening. Our, our worst democratic fears and fantasies are just that, fears and fantasies. Why do I say that with such, well, why do I take 35 minutes to say that? And why do I offer you so many ways to kind of absorb it and think about it and get it into your head? Why, why, am I, why am I really trying to say that, that this is a fantasy, that Donald and the base 
are a figment of their own imagination or certainly a figment of ours, an encouraged figment of ours. Why am, why am I making such a point of saying all that? I'll, I'll tell you why. There was a poll that was released yesterday. It was NBC News, Iowa, uh, the Des Moines, Des Moines Register, NBC News. I think, I think that's the order in which it's said. Or is it NBC News, Des Moines? I don't know. But those two entities, get together, and, and, and this time of, uh, in the presidential cycle, they do a number of polls of, of a potential caucus goers. Iowa has something called caucuses, and people go in, and it's not like a vote. They, it's a weird, ancient uh, ritual. Uh, you physically go in, and, and you go into a polling place, and someone goes, hey, you know, I, I'm, 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 for, I'm for Joe Jones over here. Hey, who around here is for Jones? And people kind of gra literally, physically, physically move over to the Joe Jones corner of the room and, and start hanging out, and they are kind of pulled in it's like it's like mini uh, grandstanding it's 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 permissible electioneering I, I i can't imagine how this would work i I'm, i would love to i guess i'd love to see it in action but somehow uh, people ultimately you know hey no you over there get over here you should be with i, I imagine that happens too and at some point in the evening I don't know, does a buzzer go off, an alarm goes off, and someone takes a nose count of who is with what group, who has managed to cajole whom, or who has drifted over to, or who has been convinced of, I'm giving, it, I'm giving the most benign explanation, to a particular group, and that group with the most people pulled into it physically, is the winner of that caucus. Uh, how this is better than uh, a secret ballot situation, some argue it's a much more open democratic process. I would argue it's getting people at their most vulnerable moment uh, and it is doing everything you can to not let them think. I think the one thing that works so well in the secret ballot process is it's the one time where you recognize, where, where individuals can recognize in their hearts, in their minds, okay, I know I've been for this and I've said that and I've done everything else, but now it's me and the ballot box. It's me. I don't have to answer to anybody for what I'm doing. I know in my heart, somewhere in my heart, and this is the moment when I need to know it most, and I probably should and probably do. This is what's best. This is what's worst. I don't have to vote for Donald anymore. I don't have to say anything. My neighbors aren't going to laugh at me. No one will know. I'll walk out and say, oh, yeah, of course I voted for Donald. <laughs> Naturally, man, you know, what do you think? They want I want to come take away my AR, take away my guns? And <laughs> sure, I want him forever. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. In a caucus environment where it's all public, I think that that's defeating the, the, the sanctity of the one person, one vote situation and the, and the, and the, and the, sacred, uh, the sacred nature of that vote being personal and private to you. You vote the way you want to, be that as it may. What is happening right now in Iowa is, is rather interesting. According to this uh, NBC News, uh, Des Moines Register, Ipsos might be in there also, I forget. It's, it's a big poll. 
again, taking place during the caucus season every four years. Get ready for this. When you add up, and this is among Republicans, likely caucus voter Republicans in the state, okay? And that caucus is coming up in just a few months. 57% of Republican likely caucus voters either are outright against Donald or feel, the way it was expressed in the questioning, that the party needs to move beyond him. 50, basically six out of 10 Iowan Republican caucus goers were willing to say that Donald has to go. Does that sound bizarre to you? Iowa, of course, you know, the bellwether first. I mean, you know, you can argue its significance or any one state's significance in the primary process. But Iowa will be the first. It would be the first opportunity for Republicans in America to say, yes, we absolutely want this. We want this asshole back. We want this, this slithering piece of slime, this lowlife, four times uh, indicted, twice impeached, uh, a sexual predator, a uh, guy who basically is refusing to pay the, pay the legal bills of the people who were indicted with him in Georgia, Miami, or any place else. This, this guy, who the billionaire who, who, is, who is grifting the American people for his, legal, his own personal legal fees, who will throw anyone under the bus at any time, who has promised us already that it's going to be a revenge tour, a retribution tour, who was basically threatening the judges and, thre and basically making a mockery of American justice, is basically threatening all of our institutions, threatening the very judicial system that is basically attempting to hold. The, we want this guy. The, man, this is, this is our candidate. And the first state that really, really will make a statement about that, the very people who Donald swears he owns and who he can... 57% of them, okay, 6 out of 10. And, and, and the remaining number that were absolutely for him, according to this poll, was something like 30%. It wasn't a full 100%. It was like a, a 28 or a tw it was under 30%, which is kind of what you would expect. But this is taking a snapshot of the Republican universe in the first major, uh, uh, again, it's 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 a, it's a you know it's a it's not a uh, primary in the standard sense. It's a caucus, but it's, but it's it's the effect of a primary. The idea is to uh, you know elect a candidate to select a candidate within that state, um, and the Republicans are saying, you know, reality is is a little different than you may have or donald may have had you believe for quite some time we don't really feel that passionately about him now if if that poll translates to actual caucusing in iowa 
then Donald will have a rather, uh, he shouldn't win. He might, but he shouldn't. Again, this is all public in Iowa. People are gathering in court. Maybe there'll be more pressure. But roll that forward. Roll it past all of the indictments. Roll it into the trials. Roll it into the convictions. Roll it into the sentencing. Roll it into the public portrayal of the trial, at least in Georgia. Unless, of course, the, the, the Republicans in the Georgia legislature can comp get, get rid of... There, there's a movement within the Republican legislature to remove Fonnie Willis uh, as district attorney. And, yeah, and you watch that hit, hit every court in the state instantaneously. That's going to go nowhere. Well, we're going to get rid of her. Why? Because, well, we don't like what she's doing to Donald. And we're, and we're, we're nuts. We're crazy. We're the loonies. And we have, and, and, and even if we're not all loonies, there's enough loonies among us that the normal people there are still afraid of what that, of what that poll in Iowa told us doesn't really exist the way we imagine it does. The craziness isn't as powerful and as pervasive as Donald would have us believe. We're pretending to ourselves in order to kind of perpetuate this myth that Donald has begun about himself. And it's all about Donald, not us, not reality. Not, it's, it's nothing but a reality TV show host doing what he does when he's clinically narcissistic. And I'm hearing about this Iowa poll all over the place today. It's people are acting surprised. Well, geez, I mean, how can, what, what a shock. I, well, it must be an outlier. It can't be real. It is real. It is real. And, 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 and you realize that all of these polls, these national polls that have put Donald up by 20% over Ron DeSantis or anyone else or whatever the case may be, these are snapshot polls that are not perfectly indicative of the reality of what's out there. I have been making a prediction about this, that the most viable Republican candidate in the field will probably be Chris Christie because he's the one who could speak truth to power. Donald is afraid to go on stage Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday, for the first Republican debate because he knows he will walk out of there with several new orifices below the belt. Christie will do to him what Christie did to Marco Rubio. And then Donald, then for some reason, allowed uh, Donald to do to him. But basically, uh, Christie will Rubioize, will Rubioize Donald, and he won't let up. And Donald will yell and scream and bitch and moan and, and try to shout him, and he won't let him. And this is why Donald's not showing up. Now, is he, is he still about to do a, an interview with Tucker Carlson? Uh, who I don't know who listens to Tucker Carlson, but then his name is a name that everybody still lights up to. He's been fired by Fox. 
you're watching this whole universe of fluff do what a fluff universe invariably will do, and that is collapse under its own weight. That's what's beginning to happen here. And the people of Iowa, confronted with the notion of actually voting for Donald, for actually being responsible, not just to say we love him and he's great and he's ours and he's phenomenal and I'd vote for him over. No, being confronted with the reality of actually having to vote for the SOB, this sick bastard, when that's the question, and, and, and you could bet your life that there was an undercount in the people who said they would not want him. When they finally had to think about it in real world terms, said, nah, nah, not a good idea. And you see, this is where it's all going. We've been saying this on Central Left Radio for a while. That as Donald is diminished, his capacity to keep the insanity of the base going at full tilt will be diminished also. You're going to watch the Iowa uh, results explode and, rep and replicate throughout the country. As the, as the trials get underway, as all the horror and, 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 and just mindless illegalities, the, the criminality of this man, the, 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 the sickness, the illness of this guy is exposed to more and more people. Democrats will understand that their fear of losing everything has to be and will be converted into a motivation to win and retain. That, 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 that Joe Biden will become one with, vert, with just about everyone but George Bush the first and, uh, and, I, and I guess uh, Donald Trump as the only two presidents in the last, what, 100 years? Not to win re-election, or you know, not to have lost it by assassination or something, if you want to get into McKinley and stuff. This, this is where we are. And Biden knows this in his heart of hearts also. We will begin to experience it more. This, this right to our own country will arise within us more and more. This, this, this false fear of losing everything to irrational, and, and, and when it's an irrational force, well, no matter what you do, it, it, you can't beat an irrational force, can you? If you live in fear of an irrational force, you will surrender all hope, which is the only hope that Donald has to keep people absolutely convinced that no matter what they do, no amount of rational action, no amount of rational facts on the ground can touch him until they do. Now the Rachel story. Rachel went through a long uh, story about, I think it was a Sherlock Holmes story, about trying to figure out how a horse, a prize horse, was stolen from a barn, but there was a guard dog who would bark instantaneously, 
at anyone who would attempt to steal a dog or anything like that. And the, the horse was stolen, but the dog never barked. And when, you know, the old story about, well, you know, uh, you go through all the scenarios, figure all the possibilities, eliminate all of those that are uh, not reasonable or make no sense, and whatever you're left with, however improbable, is the truth, is what happened. And according to the Holmes story, the reason the dog didn't bark, the only possible reason in the end, is that the dog recognized the person who had come in and taken the horse. And it wound up being the trainer, and the trainer was in blah, blah, blah. It was a, it was a Sherlock Holmes thing. The point Rachel made, and I think, I think she stretched the analogy a bit. She said, well, she's, analogizing it was stretching it, but the point was well taken. Republicans are not barking. They're barking less and less. She, was, she did this in the context of the Iowa poll results. That was at the end. But prior to that, the barking that Donald was expecting, that Donald demanded, okay, that the thief demanded, was that they basically had to get up and protest and show up in droves of hundreds of thousands at every single one of his indictments. I want, I want, you, I want you in Florida. I want you, I, 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 I want you, I want you in New York. I, where, where are you? Come on, get out there. No, where's a, I, 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 I want you, I want you for the Washington, where, I, get out here. Come on, I want you to protest when I'm going to the court. I want you to, nothing. Georgia. Georgia's coming up the end of this week. And it's the same old story. I want you. No, no, he's not even saying it. He's not even demanding that people show up to mark his indictment. There are threats on the internet from all the loonies. There are threats from within the Georgia legislature, Republic, all of that. Yeah. And, and stuff, who knows, could happen. But there's going to be plenty of protection. And just like the other three indictments, not with a bang, but a whimper. And then the trials will begin. And more and more caucuses and more and more primaries will be coming along the way. And more and more Republicans are not barking. They're not jumping up and down at the sight of Donald. Again, it was a bit of a strained analogy, but I, I, I get where Rachel was going. They're not, bite, they're not biting. They're not getting in there. And you have, to, you have to watch the reality of all this and, take your, and, and stop looking at the manufactured processes, many of them reactive on the part of the liberal media because it makes money, it makes a show, it makes an us-them thing. But, but the reality is important too. What is happening is precisely what you would expect to have happen. As Donald loses power, and he's losing it in leaps and bounds at high speed, the energy that drives the base 
out from under its rocks and the crazies come out. The crazies in the asylum who basically are yelling and screaming and everything, thinking they have control, imagining that they're organized in some massive way, they begin to fall in on themselves because they're incapable of sustaining any organizational structure. By definition, they are internally anarch they are anarchists and they'll turn on one another as much as much as Donald will turn on any of them in the one-way street called Trump loyalty. They are replicating him in the end. They have, they have survived based on his input, his energy, but that energy now is turning against him as well. The insanity of everything that he's done is beginning to turn against him as well. End point. Let's not worry about it. No. Let's be more concerned than ever. But let's be aware of this. Let's be aware of how this is going to start turning in. Let's be aware that many of your friends and relatives who are super Donald supporters within their own little groups are beginning to sense exactly what we're talking about on this show today. And it's making them dreadfully uncomfortable. And the last thing, in fact, you may even sense even greater belligerence. From, I can't talk about it. Shut up, go away, leave me alone. You don't understand anything. You may get even more pushback. Don't smile, don't be nasty. Say just this. I understand. Nothing more. I understand. And leave it at that. That's all you have to do. And they will understand, they may, they may not, but there's a good chance, but this is, the, this is the best you can do, trust me. They may understand that you get that they're going through a painful process of basically withdrawal, Donald withdrawal. It's beginning to happen. There's, nowhere, there's no way for it not to happen. Donald withdrawal is going to happen. The best you can do, I understand. You don't dare say, and I hope, well, I hope, your, I hope your medication works. Jeez, I hope Donald gets medication. Jeez, you people are fucked up. Boy, I hope there's still some, 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 some room. I hope there are rentable rooms under the rock that you were under originally. No, you don't want to say any of that. But with a straight, honest face, with some sincerity, I understand. And let's understand. This stuff is designed to go south on itself. That doesn't mean it can't be dangerous. It doesn't mean it can't be harmful. But it means we have to understand that this is not a movement that can sustain itself in any reasonable way. We don't make fun of people. We don't basically demean them. We, if the opportunity were, were to arise, we could try to instruct them. Unlikely. But it's going to change. And we have to get our faith in ourselves back again. We have to start believing in what we are and what we're doing. And this will have a major impact on the Trumpians. Now that's going to be, it's going to be messy. 
but we will win in 2024. I'm telling you right now, it's just a question of believing in ourselves. It's a question of not allowing Donald and his fear to basically spill and inform our souls. Our love, our hope, must overwhelm his fear. He is attempting to drench the country in his own fear. It's the only way he lives from day to day. He is going to go through some pretty ugly stuff. And I would argue one of his options will be to run. When it becomes apparent that he can't win, any of these, any of these, uh, well, any of the, you know, any of the court cases, when, when, when prison time becomes a simple reality to him, his, his psychology, his, his, his pathology may even induce him to attempt to flee. I, I, I can't imagine that it wouldn't be a consideration because the notion in his mind of actually having to pay a price for his actions and behavior is tantamount to, well, pick the worst thing, death? Uh, to, to, I, I don't know. I don't know. Imagine. Just imagine. Don't try to put yourself in his mind. But the worst possible thing, having to pay a price for actions, finally, finally convicted of his own actions and forced to pay a price for them and losing virtually everything in the process. There's a whole bunch of things are possible, but I think the least probable of all of them, to the point of being just about impossible, is the notion that America would choose Donald again. Our job is to make sure that the numbers don't even come close. And we can do that by not losing or surrendering hope. We have every basis to have it and maintain it and sustain it. Because the dog out there in the barn with the horse is not barking. It's beginning to develop its own self-awareness, as it were. Don't lose hope. Don't, don't get frightened. Watch, learn, observe, objectively, as much as you can. It's been a trauma for all of us. This, this man has, has put this country through trauma. At some point, we may not thank him, but at some point, we may recognize the value of having had to question ourselves and question the structure of our own democracy. I can imagine some very, very good things coming out of that. Education, who knows? We might even start teaching ourselves about ourselves rationally and honestly again. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. And it's a lovely day here in the Northeast for a, for a late August day in the low humidity and in nothing but the high 70s. I'll take it. Hope. Hope springs eternal. It also springs when it's obviously the direction that we should be going in when there are things to be hopeful about.
a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. 
and it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, Give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Donald Trump, twice impeached, four times indicted, 91 counts, uh, grifting money for his legal fees, and now basically facing the reality that he is going to go to prison at some point. What does that result in? The people of Iowa, six out of 10 Republican caucus goers are saying, nope, we don't want him. That's the reality we should be focusing on.